What's up, everybody? It's Frank from Hatebreed, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 260 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, as always. And this week, we've got a great guest. Florida Frank Novanek from Hatebreed. That's right. The second member of Hatebreed to make their way onto our humble little podcast. We will get all five. You think we will? In due time. Do not worry. In due time. Is that like... You know, making kill switch engage puns while we're trying to talk about Avery. Why not? Okay. Because our show, we can do whatever we want. I mean, this is now, okay? This is not then. Sorry, that's the best I can do off the top of my head real quick. Okay, well, hey, that wasn't bad. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Haybreed in Florida, Frank, here in just a few minutes. Before we do, as always, we are sponsored by DEB Concerts and MedFarm. MedFarm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 24683 East Highway 51. They're right there off the highway. You can't miss them. And if you're anywhere in Tulsa, you're like, why should I drive clear over there whenever there's a dispensary 12 steps from my house? Because there's a dispensary now 12 steps from everyone's house. Yeah, exactly. Well, the reason be is because we're just going to tell you straight up front. 30% of their proceeds go to help build no-kill animal shelters. So there's your reason. Right. That means that a third, almost a third of what you pay is going to an amazing cause. Whereas every other dispensary in town, 100% of what you pay is going into their pockets. So, this is a Oklahoma-owned, independently-owned organization. And, on top of all that, they have a drive through which is another thing a lot of dispensaries don't Gotta have. I love that. Yeah, especially in these times when you're trying to keep your distance from other people, you can... Text or call in your order and pull right up through that drive-thru and pick up whatever medicinal needs you have. You can drive through and you can get your gas. You can get your Moby Dick. You can get your Bruce Banner. I mean... Do they have all those things? I don't know if they do, but I know those are strains that exist. Okay. Well, you know how we do know, or we can find out, is if you go to leafly.com. Like that segue. They got it all. Yeah, it's all, all of their products are listed on there. So get on there and check it out. You can also go to their website, MedFarmOK.com. Follow them on Instagram, at MedFarmOK. And, of course, Facebook as well, MedFarm, and that's P-H-A-R-M. They're always posting specials on Facebook and Instagram, so get on there and follow them. And if you go in there or when you place your order online or through text or in person, tell them Thunder Underground sent you, and they'll give you 10% off your order, which is another great thing. So huge appreciation for that. All right, so DEB Concerts is another one of our sponsors, and as many of you know, concerts are on a standstill, but they do have a few scheduled here in the summer that may or may not happen. You'll find out from them at DEB Concerts if things change, or of course, we'll let you know as well. But coming up in June, they've got Texas Hippie Coalition coming on June 26th with Sweat and Bullets and Poster Child opening. And Lynn Hernandez of KMOD hosting that show. That, of course, is at the Ideal Ballroom. And then, a little over a couple weeks later, July 11th at the Ideal Ballroom, the New Metal Revival Tour is scheduled to be there. And that tour features Powerman 5000, Edema, Flaw, Andrew W. Boss, and headlined by Saliva. Of course. And then, a couple nights later, July 13th, at the BOK Center, we've got Poison. Poison, of course, announced that they're reuniting this year and they're doing the that big stadium tour with Motley Crue and Def Leppard. And they're doing some side, you know, off dates 
They're playing the BOK Center with Tom Kiefer of Cinderella and, of course, Sebastian Bach, who you all know as being the original vocalist for Skid Row. You can get tickets, of course, for any of those shows at, you know, find the links through debconcerts.com. Very cool that they've got arena shows coming. They did Snoop Dogg last year. They're mixing it up like we've talked about a few times with the new metal show and Texas Hippie Coalition. Buck Cherry recently, last year they did Saxon and Last in Line, as well as all the 80s stuff that they kind of built themselves upon. So It's a way to do it, man. Yeah. Big props to DB Concerts, and of course a huge thank you to them for their continued support. All right, before we get into some hate breed, let's get into some other music. Let's do it. From Tulsa, no doubt. That's right. If you've followed this podcast at all over the last 259 previous episodes, you've probably heard this band name at least 249 times. (laughs) Because either we've played their previous music, talked about their shows many times, had them on here several times. All the members have been on here at one point or the other. The drummer Mike DiPetrillo has been on here five times, I think, or four four or five. And, of course, Brandon's been on here couple times he did our stone temple pilots every album in a row with us as well as when we had the full band on right right you know him you love him driver we never even mentioned the name well now we did yeah so here is driver this song is called immortal
Driver. That track's been out a little bit, and that is going to be on their forthcoming album, which they should be announcing details on very soon. It's completed, and they've sent us a copy, so we shall have a review up here in the next week or so. I'm thinking so, yes. That's right. Great stuff, just like that song you just heard. This band has a an amazing twin guitar attack, as well as everything. Like you heard in that song, like you mentioned, just huge and epic. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, definitely an epic, definitely single-worthy, yeah. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. The album and that song was produced by John LeCompte, who, of course, is known from Evanescence, does a lot of production work now, so this thing is going to sound good, and we'll be ready to talk about it here in the next week or so, so be on the lookout for that, and follow Driver on all the social medias, that's D-R-Y-V-R, and tell him that we sent you. All right, so, Florida Frank, about right at a year and a half ago, it was October, it's actually mm-hmm. October 24th, I've been reminded because he mentioned it in this interview, October 24th, 2018, Hatebreed played the Canes Ballroom yeah. along with Gore, and we were set to sched- we were scheduled to interview Frank, and then that day I got a message from their tour manager saying that, you know, I, when we set this up, when thinking that this is Frank's birthday, so you're going to interview Matt, which was great. And we got to talk to Matt Byrne and that, yeah. that was a great episode. So really happy about that. And then, so now we finally got Frank on here a year and a half later talking about everything that's going on with the quarantine himself, hate breed and everything. The outsiders kiss, uh, sports. We covered it all. Yeah. Country music, country music, uh, Lowe's parking lot being way too full for, quarantine times which is funny because literally like 30 minutes before we recorded the interview you said the same thing to me i did about I did. lows and then he said it on the interview right yeah the, the lows here is jam-packed because there's nothing to do people are catching up on their projects and their gardening shit and their planning shit so there you go <laughs> well in the past in the past several years you know frank has been one of my favorite people you know to follow on instagram right. and facebook because he's he puts everything out there of like what he's passionate about and, you know, his favorite football team is the Denver Broncos, just like myself. That's right. You know, just the, you know, stuff you see, like, he's a huge Disney fan. Which When you see that from, like, guys like him or from, um, what's his name? Corpse Grinder. Oh, oh, George Fisher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you see him, you know, he's, it's just one of those things that kind of people 
taken back for a second. You're like, this dude's in a hardcore band or this dude's in a death metal band and he's like diehard about Disney, which yeah. is awesome. You yeah, know? it's great. And all the 80s stuff and everything. So to be able to talk about some of that stuff's great and talk about hopefully what's coming from Hatebreed and is more live music because this band is one of those bands we've both seen live multiple times. Yes. And they never, you know exactly what you're going to get and it's always good. And I mean, I can't, I can't think, I mean, we've seen them in every situation, you know, opening for people, headlining festivals, cl- yep. small clubs. Remember that show, in, well, that show in Little Rock? That's the one we met him at. That was hands down the best hate breed show I've ever seen in my fucking life. Because that show, that place was just so small, but yep. the energy was just off the hook. The energy was crazy. And and even just the way the, the way the floor was set up, it was like we were on a raised part of the floor on the rail of it, so our view was just perfect. Yeah. It was, it was, and you got, we got to meet the whole band. It was really cool. Really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's been what, five years now? Yeah. Probably, or yeah. more. Um, cause actually, it was before, probably before we started the podcast. It was, it was. It was back in the dark ages for me. Oh, that's right. So it was a very bright spot in a completely shitty time. That's right. So I, I, I hold, I hold that day near and dear to my heart. <laughs> well, that's one thing to mention about Hatebreed. If, you're one of those people that are always like on the fence about doing meet and greets because you're like, oh, like, you know, it's like, I don't want to pay this or that or whatever. You know, a lot of bands that are playing clubs, you know, it's not too expensive and Hate Breeds is always around like 50 bucks and mm-hmm. you get more from them than you, a lot of bands do. Like, yeah, all the, and it's all, you know, Josta talks about it on his podcast all the time. It's always exclusive and that's the only way you can get it. Yeah. Is yeah. the stuff they give you. Yeah, they really take a minute, and um, they they give you a good experience. Uh, they're all great dudes to talk to, yeah. uh, and you get some really cool merch, just yeah. like you said, that is exclusive. And even more than what you know, what was advertised, you open up the bag, and then there's like they had thrown in eight by tens yes. of like each band member by themselves yeah. autographed, you know, and everything signed. And then you get kind of alluded to in this uh, interview coming up. After the meet and greet, you know, when everybody's done getting their pictures and their autographs, Frank was standing over there. So we walked yeah. up and started talking to him. And, you know, I'd mentioned I was a Broncos fan as well. And we talked to him about football for like probably yeah. what, five, ten minutes. Well, and that's and the thing know. too is like, I didn't, I didn't really know. You already knew. So you just went up to him and just mentioned the Denver Broncos or football. Off y'all went. I just kind of <laughs> stood there. And nodded my head because <laughs> I know I know fuck all about football. So I know uh, at that point you're watching a little more, but. a little more, yeah. But <laughs> I, I, it was just great to see, great to see that he takes the time out, and yeah. uh, you know, and, and you see that in this interview. I mean, the guy's great, so it was awesome. Yeah. Well, let's speaking of, let's get into it. Here's Florida Frank of Hatebreed. question is how are you handling all the the lockdown and the self-quarantining and all that kind of stuff i mean i'm down in florida so i'm the only one that's, that's kind of down here in the south you know there's the rest of them are up in the northeast so that being said you know we have nice weather and stuff so it's not that bad for us you know I, the pool 
is I, I don't remember the, the, the last time I was in the pool so much in the back, but um, we're still going out, going outside and doing things. You know, I, we were out kayaking the other day with the, the wife and I, and it's not that bad. I mean, I think it's funny. I made a joke. I was like, you know, we, the wife and I said we wanted to not go out to eat so much because we were doing it a lot. And I love to cook too on top of it. So this is pretty much that, you know, dropped in our lap. So <laughs> Um, it's not that bad, you know what I mean? Aside from the obvious, and the obvious is we had a whole game plan rolled out. We had a record that was to come out in May, and that's been pushed back indefinitely. We are supposed to be uh, in Europe as we speak, right. um, playing arenas with Parkway Drive, and uh, we, were, we were to come back home from that and do a, a U.S. run Um uh, in May, um, in some, some smaller, um, venues. Um, and that has been canceled beyond that. You know, we have Australia in, in, um, June and then European festivals in July and August. So it's not looking good for that stuff. Um, going beyond, um, I don't know, you know, this is, uh, as, as you know, this is day to day. So, you know, we're just, uh, waiting in the wings and, and the worst part about it is, you know, what we do for a living is we're going to be the last ones to go back to work because it, it draws large groups of people. So, Right. Was the, has Hatebreed as a band had any discussions on how to promote during this period, or are you guys just kind of just going to wait it out? I mean, we're kind of laying low, just doing whatever. I mean, the, Chris and Wayne and I have, have been doing playthrough videos and um, of some of our, our catalog just because a lot of bands are doing that and 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 really that's it um i've been doing some podcasts and, and interviews um when i can and you know it's not that hate breeds on hold that the whole music scene's on hold and, and obviously the whole world's on hold so it's not like um you know other bands are out there and we're not so um you know i know i know that there's bands doing things um and to, to kind of you know as far as like um you know, broadcasting them, playing shows, um, wherever it may be, just live streaming something or, or, or whatnot. I, I don't know that we'll get into anything like that. So, you know, that would involve me getting on an airplane and all that stuff too. So that's something to consider. So, It's just so, it's crazy because we've never, we've never dealt with anything that's like this before. And it's, it's kind of weird to think how it's going to be on the other, on the other side of all this. Yeah, you don't know what's waiting. You know what I mean. So, who knows? I mean, this is this is just you can't prepare for anything like this. And we nobody saw this coming, and life was just stopped. And and you know, that's really it's that black and white. So, you know, we'll 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 get through it. And, and you know, it's it's on the people now. It's on the people now to to stay home and to 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 flatten the curve. And you know what I mean. It it. it the only the only thing that's going to make this stop is, you know, us. So if everybody, you know, is doing their part, which a lot of people aren't, you know, and I'm not saying that that everybody's everybody's not, but you know, I I, I do have to go to the grocery store sometime, and I do do drive by Lowe's parking lot, and I do do see the amount of people that are out and about. So um, yeah. you know, um, it's just. Uh, it's unfortunate, and um, you just keep hearing these crazy stories every day coming out, whether it's, you know, about the virus itself and where it originated and, and what's going on with that, or, 
you know, how many lives have lost or how many cases there are and things like that. So, Well, you guys dropped the When the Blade Drops single here recently. I mean, talk about the idea to release that as a standalone single before the album was coming well, out. Well, that's just how bands are doing it nowadays, and that's really all it is. You know, obviously, 10 years ago or whatever, no one would have thought about dropping a song um a teaser song that's not going to be on the album you know um it, but that's just how, how how it's done nowadays i don't know that i'm a fan of it i'm an old school person across the board um so i i it doesn't make sense to me but that's how things are done now and that's how the music industry is now so you know we have younger kids have no attention span these days we live in a youtube generation and it's all about songs you know when i grew up it was all about the record and buying the vinyl and, and looking at it, looking at every goddamn word on it, on, on the thank you list and the lyric sheet. So who produced it, who did the artwork and everything while it was spinning on the turntable. So this is a completely different time now. And um, this, that's just how things are done. So, you know, I hate to, I'm not going to make this all about the, you know, the virus, but th- just last thing, it's kind of cool. We got one, one last song from you guys before all this stuff kind of, you know, kicked off. Well, yeah, and we were slated to drop a video, I think, March 20th um, for another song that actually was on the record. And mm-hmm. and I know that we've let, we've let everybody on March 20th, March 20th, and all these hints. And then March 20th came around and nothing happened. Well, obviously, between that time that we planned to release it and March 20th, all hell broke loose with coronavirus. So, you know, that's on the back burner. The record's done. It's been done. So um it's just you know it was supposed to come out in may but the label shut down now so um we just don't know we just don't know i mean when it gets fired back up it's going to be crazy because every goddamn band in the world is going to be out there touring it's going to make it tough for booking shows for for promoters because you're going to have multiple shows in every city every night and then you know obviously people are just getting going to be trying to get back on their feet financially and they're not going to be able to afford to go to all these shows so it's going to be uh, interesting. I think it's going to be tough, but, you know, we ha- we need to make it happen again, and uh, hopefully it's it's sooner than later. So, Yeah, I'm thinking this might, I mean, hopefully, you know, from a fan standpoint, that this might affect, like, some of those arena shows, like, that are getting up there into the hundreds of dollars per ticket. It might have at least pushed that down for a bit, because, like you said, people aren't going to be able to get out there and go to those shows. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, maybe they'll allow club shows, but they won't allow arena shows, Like, True. which we'll go out and do the club shows, obviously, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, uh, it's it, it'll be interesting to see what happens as the things go rolling through. Um, I, I feel like one of the last tours we did before, I mean, we haven't played a show since October. So, um, you know, it's been a long time for us. I mean, this was going to be, the longest break I think we took since I joined Hatebreed in 2006, even without the coronavirus, this is going to be six months off with no shows, obviously making a record in that time. But as far as being away from the stage, this was going to be the longest break before that. So now you add this on top of it and it's like, wow, you know, by the time this thing starts up again, you know, we might be one of the, one of the bands that's been away from the stage longest of all of them. So <laughs> are you going stir crazy wanting to get back on stage? I, I miss the feeling of performing every night. Um, but at my age, you know, I'll be 49 this year. Um, I don't, 
you know, the, all the other stuff that goes along with it. I don't, I don't miss, you know, um, the traveling and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, the feeling that you get from being out there performing and putting smile on people's faces and helping them forget about life for a while is unmatchable. So I, I definitely miss that part of it without a doubt. But, um, you know, at the same time, there's no place like home as far as I'm concerned. I love it down here in Florida. And, uh, you know, it's nice to, to be able to spend time with, uh, my family and stuff. So, um, which I don't get to do a lot. So, um, you know, it's catch 22 for sure, but, uh, my money's out there on the road as well. So, you know, it's, it's a lot, uh, a lot of plus and minuses, but, you know, speaking of which, I'm just trying to be positive about it all. So. Well, you mentioned that the, the hate breed album's done. I mean, with hate breed, we know what we're going to get for the most part, but is there like, how would you describe this album different to any previous album? Uh, I think it's a lot similar to the last two records we did. So, you know, we're at a funny point in the career where, you know, we're not just making the hardcore scene happy, you know, hate breeds broke into the metal scene. Um, That's no secret. So, you know, um, and then, you know, we have people that like hard rock that, you know, people that listen to bands like, you know, five finger death punch and corn and stuff that, that we're as, as heavy as they venture or like the most extreme band that they like. Then you've got people where we're, you know, the most commercial band that they like that are into the underground stuff, the hardcore stuff. So you can't make everybody happy. So, and when you're making a record and you've been around 25 plus years, you have to make yourself happy as well. So all those things combined, you know, I think we did a great job. And, um, you know, I, I think that there's something on there for everybody, you know, but, um, you know, we have so many records now that we have plenty enough time in our set to, just play the hits and a couple rarities and, you know, songs from the new record. So it'll be tricky to see, you know, what songs are going to still stay in the set list and what have to go. So, but, um, you know, we're excited about having new material out because it's been, by the time it comes out, I think it'll be over four years. So, um, you know, it's not, uh, it's not the eighties where bands are putting records out every year, but at the same time, I think three or four years is, is, usually what we've been doing on, you know, these last records, because, you know, by the time the record drops, it takes us that long to tour all over the world with our breaks in between. And I've seen, you know, three years have gone by. So that's, you know, that's really the protocol for us when it comes to album cycles and things like that. So, and I just want to say before I forget, um, off the subject, um, not last year, but the year before, my birthday, we played in Tulsa. Um, and it was on uh, October 24th. And uh, I had like the best birthday ever. My wife came out and her birthday was the next day. So we spent the two days together. We have back-to-back birthdays. And uh, my favorite movie is The Outsiders. So um, I went to all those spots. And, and, and Danny, who runs the Outsiders House Museum, um, you know, he, he, uh, he let me inside. Um, before they were open, and, and we rented a car and hit all the spots, the movie theater, drove up to Sperry, went to the to the D, uh, DX station, and all that stuff. So I just before I forget, I want to want to say I had a wonderful time there on my birthday. Well, it's probably the best birthday I ever had in my life. So <laughs> that is that is great because we were at that show. It was an awesome show, and and that was actually that's on our list of things to ask you about. Was was that trip? So uh, thanks for going into that and. I still haven't been, and I, I can't wait to uh, check out that house. 
Yeah, if you guys follow me on social media, um, it's Florida Frank on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I posted side-by-side photos from all the photos I took. You know, we went and did the shot from the gas station where you could see the uh, bleachers from the football field in the background. I went to the drive-in. Um, I went everywhere. Yeah. You know, there wasn't much that I missed. I went to the fountain. Um, that was very hood. Very, very yes. walking distance from, from the house, but um, <laughs> you know, um, we, we definitely um, hit all those spots, and it was super awesome, and and I had a great time. Funny, we were actually set to interview you on that day, and then that day, your tour manager messaged me and said, "I forgot this is Frank's birthday, so we're switching you to interviewing Matt." <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now you got me, and I have the experience to talk about. Yeah, 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 it works out. (laughs) Back to Hatebreed a little bit, you know, in this new record, or really any of them, uh, when it comes to writing riffs, is it just kind of a collaborative thing, or is it just something each guy brings to the table and see what works? Yeah. It's Chris and Jamie. They've been writing the music since day one, the bass player and the singer, so, um, you know, that's the formula, and they'll come up with something, and and go back and forth with their ideas and, and we'll sit and decide whether it's something's good or it's not good. And, you know, everybody will have their input. And at the end of the song, it has, um, Kate Breed's influence or for lack of a better term on the song, you know, so that's how the writing process has always gone since day one. So, you know, these guys have been doing this long before I was in the band. And, um, even though I knew them when they started this band, um, but, um, you know, that Chris and Jamie have been the sole uh, music writers and, and lyrics uh, people that have been writing the lyrics since day one. So, you know, I, I don't know if this was if this would ever be on the books, but, you know, if you guys did a For the Lions 2, uh, who would be a, a song or two you'd want to cover? Well, we always get asked that a lot or, you know, it's funny, we'll be sitting around on the bus listening to music or in the dressing room jamming on you know, iPod or whatever, and we'll always be like, this song's got to be on Ford Alliance 2, or this band's got to be on Ford Alliance 2. To me, Venom has to be on Ford Alliance 2. Celtic Frost has to be on Ford Alliance 2. Yeah. Um, you could certainly put um, Discharge on Ford Alliance 2. Uh, because Hatebreed crosses, Motorhead even, I think because Hatebreed crosses into so many genres, um, we could get away with doing like a bunch of different stuff, you know? I mean, one thing that was nice about for the lions was being able to play those Slayer and Metallica songs and, and kind of shutting the haters up because people are like, Oh, Hey Breed, it's, it's just caveman music and it's just power chords and it's screaming and yelling. And, and, you know, and here we are nailing these, these um, Metallica and, and, and Slayer songs. So it was nice to be able to, to shut those people up if for anything, you know, that was my probably my favorite purpose that the, the cover record served. So kind of switching gears a bit, you have that new hot sauce that you've got coming out eventually. Like talk about the idea behind that and what made you want to put out your own hot sauce. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm the hot sauce guy in the band. So I'm the one that can handle the heat probably more than anybody else. A couple of guys dabble, but couple guys don't even mess with it but it's something i've been wanting to do forever um something i've talked about you know because nowadays you see bands doing their own beer their own hot sauce their own coffee so why not right Uh, um kyle kyle from hella hot hot sauce in northern california he approached 
me at a show we did up in Sacramento when we were out with Agnostic Front and Obituary, and he um, he wanted to do a band one, and I understand completely that he would want to do a band one, but, you know, I, I got to talking to him, and I was like, look, I've been wanting to do one on my own, I didn't want to do a, a band one, and, and he, you know, and he was like, well, let me think about it then, obviously a, a Hayfried one is going to sell more than a, a, a Frank one, so... Um, but, you know, we kept in contact and he saw how passionate I was about it and how great my artwork was and my vision and everything. And, and he ended up, he ended up, um, we ended up making it work. So, um, you know, he also puts out that band Ghoul and he does Techno Destructo from uh, Guar has a hot sauce with him. Um, so he, he dabbles with bands. It's a mom and pop company up there. Uh, hella hot, hot sauce. Check them out. And um, they, uh, he, I love I love Kyle and his wife. They're gardeners up there, and they, they, everything's all natural. So um, it's going to be coming out in the next couple months. So it, it's we already have the samples of the sauces. The labels are being made right now. Um, it's pretty damn hot, I got to say. Like I don't know what you guys can hand, what you guys can handle, but like when I when I got it, I was like, you know, I told them what I wanted the sauce to be like. It's made with Trinidad scorpion peppers. And, you know, when I got the sauce, it was very thick. It's very dark. I, I tasted it. It tasted great. Right away, it just it was one of those good good hot sauces that taste good. Because anybody can make a sauce that's going to burn your face off. But what's the point if it doesn't taste good, you know? Right. you got to get something out of suffering. So, um, <laughs> I said, I said, um I, 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 it took my breath away time and I said, you know what, if anything, the stuff's too hot. But then again, I started thinking, this is hatebreed fans. I don't want them to call it pussy shit. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't, it's gotta be tough. You know what I mean? So, plus it's called Florida Frank, Florida Heat. And you have to see the artwork for this. Um, I'm gonna drop it soon, but it's, um, I think I might have sent it over to you guys already, but yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's got a picture, it's got a, like a cartoon drawing of me and my head playing my, Gibson Explorer and you know my head is an alligator and I'm breathing fire and I'm on the beach and shit it's, it's totally cool but uh <laughs> yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it you know I really am I, I consider this like one of one of these things in in my in my life or career that I I'll you know I put a star on because it's just it's and it's a bragging rights thing for sure I just I'm not trying to make a fortune off it I just want to be able to give it to my family give it to my friends give it to my bandmates and and have it and just say you know Doyle from, from the Misfits has his, Tony from Municipal Waste has his, and Sick of It All, they have one. I, I know there's a bunch of bands that do them, so, so why not? Well, how many times has, has someone joked to you that you can't, too bad you can't call it Frank's Hot Sauce? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I want to, you know, I just, I try to try to combine it all in. Florida Frank, Florida Heat, it's, it's you know, it's hot, it takes your breath away like a humid Florida summer day, and, you know, we kind of got a whole little uh whole little theme going there so but uh we'll see you know i i, I just hope people like it and i hope that people aren't like oh it's too hot i can't you know it depends on what your threshold is i guess <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to trying it well no, yeah for sure i'll have to get you guys out of bottle awesome thanks well, kind of on a on another note you being a huge sports fan like how are you dealing with uh no, no live sports these days. Well, you know what? I'm a Lakers guy. So to have Kobe pass away and then um, have the Lakers be possibly winning the championship this year, um, that was tough. 
that was tough one to watch go away for sure. Um, I'm a big NASCAR guy, and I enjoy watching that. Right now, I'd be watching NASCAR and um, baseball. I was watching spring trainings. I'm a big Tampa Bay Rays fan, and um, that was about to kick off, as you know, and uh, and 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 NBA. So, you know, I, I had my man cave, which doubles as a kiss kiss museum in my house here. So. You know, I usually have two or three TVs going at once in there, but um, it's 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 just I you know, and I've resorted to bec- becoming like this basic person that watches Netflix and TV shows, and I just, it's just not my thing. But I, here I am doing it anyway, so I'm watching all these things that everybody else is watching. I'm like, what am I doing? It's just not. It's just, I'm just not that kind of person. But uh, uh, what are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing on. What are they showing? Like replays of old sports championships and things like that. Yeah. It'll be interesting now because they're saying, you know, no uh, sporting events or large, large concerts until next year or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with college football. I'm a big Gators fan and I'm a Denver Broncos fan as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with football in the fall and when and if it gets started. And it's really wild how much this is, you know. I thought it was crazy when they're like, oh, one of the guys on the Utah Jazz, um, he's got coronavirus, and the, the team's going to not – they're going to play, but there's not going to be anybody there. Yeah. I thought that was crazy enough. Now here we are, and there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah none of it's happening. <laughs> fast, fast forward a couple of weeks later, um, and now, and then, you know, there was nothing, and then now look where we are, you know. We have the most cases of any country here, and and uh, everything that's going on in New York, it's just it's 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 unfortunate, and it's it's really it's really like a bad dream or a bad a terrible movie or something like that. Speaking of college football, we actually met you a few years ago at a show in Little Rock, and we talked about you know we're from Oklahoma. I'm a big OU fan, and you had mentioned you went to an OU game once. Like, talk about that experience, and yeah. like, like how that ended up happening. I just, uh, um, at the time I was seeing a girl from Oklahoma and, uh, she went to OU. So she took me to the, what is Bedlam? Is that what it's called? Yeah. That the OU versus Oklahoma state. Yeah. Yep. And, and then Oklahoma ended up kicking a winning field goal into the end zone. We were sitting in at the end of the game to beat Oklahoma state. So that was wild. That was a cool experience to go there. You know, even though I'm an SEC person and a Gators person, but to be able to go and see it and as just somebody that's neutral and and to be there for the home team when they won and all that, that was super cool. So, um, you know, I, it's just the stuff I missed. Um, I, I I don't know if I – is it bad that I laughed when the wagon flipped over last year, though? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I laughed too, you know. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I I watched that. I, I I was watching that game live, so I just couldn't believe that. I was like, "Oh my god, that girl went flying!" That was that was terrible. Yeah. Was funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a cool experience for sure. And uh, you know, again, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss that stuff because I just don't see you know this stuff firing back up because you know college starts before pro, and even if they're playing, there's I'm not, we're probably not going to be able to go. I mean, the swamp holds 91,000 people. So yeah. I doubt that they're going to have that many people gathered up. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, time will tell. So. Yeah, I guess if they play games without without attendance, it might even the playing field for some some of the, you know, middle-of-the-road teams on 
not having home field advantage, you know, on the bigger teams, that kind of thing. Yeah. Good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's like both teams are new, you know, there's, they don't have to deal with crowd noise and all that stuff. So. Well, um, skipping around a bit, you mentioned your uh, Kiss Museum earlier. Having been on all those Kiss cruises, is there any deep cuts that you haven't seen them play live that you wish they would? Or have you, has everything been covered? Well, the Kiss Cruise is, you know, uh, it's a delight for anybody that's a Kiss fan because you get to hear the rarities, you know. Um, and between the seven, I think, cruises I've done, we've heard pretty much every single song off the first six studio records so they did a creatures of the night themed cruise so they were playing songs from that that you don't normally hear aside from war machine and i love it loud you got keep me coming and rock and roll hell um and then you know it's like every year you're like all right well they've already played all these what are they going to dabble in now and all of a sudden it's a couple songs off their 78 solo records and opening with tomorrow and tonight, which, which never really was played live because, you know, I know it's on kiss alive too, but it's they never played it live. It was recorded in the studio and they had crowd noise over dubbed over the top of it. So I, I can't complain about anything with the crews. You know, I, I guess when people get comfortable in any situation, they'll complain about something, but looking back on it, it's like, man, how could we ever complain about hearing all those songs? You know, not, there's not a lot of bands or any bands who dabble so far into their catalog, like they've done on those cruises. So say what you want about kiss. They definitely made the fans happy, at least on those boats. So. Yeah, for sure. Did you uh, happen to go to any of those Gene Simmons vault things? You know what? By the time I was sold on doing the Gene Simmons vault, which a couple of my friends have done, and I would have done it, but I was late to the party because now what he does is he doesn't sign the vault. He signs the book that comes in the vault because I guess something with, you know, when when you go to one of these meet and greets, they're shipping all these vaults there, which is a ton of money in shipping, I would imagine, because these things weigh a ton. And then you've got to get it home. So now what they're doing is they're shipping the books to the vault signing. He signs the vault. I mean, I'm sorry. He signs the book and the vault itself with all the stuff that comes inside gets shipped to your house instead. So all those people that did it early on, that got the top of their vault signed and like the gold ink pen pen to match like the hardware on top, they were the ones that made out because now they don't do that anymore. And that was really the breaking point for me. So instead I did the meet and greet with Paul. And I got the Kiss Cruise Iceman guitar, which I think is number eight of 12 on the last Kiss Cruise. And then, you know, I had the pick throwing contest against Gene that I ended up going up and competing against him and beating him. So I kind of had my own meet and greet with Gene anyway, so it worked out. So, um, you know, but as far as the vault's concerned, I kind of missed the boat on that. And, you know, I really more than anything wanted the top of that thing signed because he'll write anything you want on there. And, um you know, if I'm going to have that vault, I want the top sign, not not some book that's inside of it. So, yeah, I don't sure. really have much. Yeah. I don't have much more room in my kiss cave um, <laughs> for, for the vault, and that's why I don't have the pinball machine. But if anybody wants to see my collection, you can check out my Instagram. It's at Florida Frank, um, and I got I got a, it's one of my last posts. There's a video on there that shows a lot of my collection on there. So yeah. it's a lot of cool stuff, mostly '70s stuff. <laughs> well. Well, I mean, you know, kind of veering off, but kind of almost staying on the same subject. I mean, cruises in general, I mean, as, as being, you know, you've done them, you know, performed at them, and that, you know, you've attended them as a fan. Uh, what's your overall 
take on those. And because I don't know, it seems like something more bigger bands would do. You know, we were very fortunate to get asked to do the motorboat cruise, the last one they did, and this was right before Lemmy had died. Yeah. Uh, speaking speaking upon when you said I, you know, we performed that one, and we were one of the last bands to to confirm. Now we didn't know what other bands were on that boat, so we're like, you know, even though Motorhead has taken Hatebreed on tour, and we love them, they're one of my favorite bands. I've been tattooed on my hand. Um, you know we were kind of wondering what the other bands were going to be on it because this could have went both ways for Hatebreed because Hatebreed is very extreme compared to a band like Motorhead. Mm-hmm. Although we share, although we share that universal fan base of, of people that are in a different kinds of music, but you know, the music's obviously a lot different. We thought it was going to be like more, if it was a bunch of rock bands, it could have been really bad for us, but we found out it ended up being Exodus and, and suicidal tendencies and Slayer. And once we found that out, we were like, hell yes. So, um, at, you know, I, I'd gone on Kiss Cruises before we actually went and did this. So I knew what it was going to be like going, going into it. Um, we only had to play two times on that boat. Um, and the rest of the time we got to chill and stuff. And, and if you've got money and you're established in life and you want to go on a vacation, especially if this is something you're going to do once, it's, I'd highly recommend it because, the selling point on somebody's wife who might not like that kind of music is you're still getting the cruise. You're still going to some tropical islands and getting off the boat probably two times in the four days, which these cruises usually are, to the Bahamas or wherever they are. So fortunately on the Kiss Cruise, they take us to different destinations every year. But, um, you know, you're still getting the awesomeness of going on a cruise vacation to someplace tropical and, and all the things that go along with the cruise. Now, I know we're talking about this and everything that's going on with coronavirus. People are probably going to be weary to go on a boat now, but yeah, I guess that's where you to make up your own decision in the future. But I highly recommend them. Um, I know that, that 311 does one and Kid Rock does one and Leonard Skinner does one. I see there's a Slipknot one. I I just was on an Impractical Jokers cruise, believe it or not, because my wife's really into that show, and we ended up doing that one. This is a thing now, as far as entertainment's concerned. Um, it's, as an option, uh, I hate to make up some stupid analogy like you would hear Paul make, but it's true. When you go to the grocery store, it's not just filet mignon out there. If you want to, you know, it's not just you know strip steak. If you want to go and splurge and and, and get something better. You can, you know what I mean? You can. There's multiple options other than just going to a concert, especially now where people are trying to make up for the lack of record sales. Bigger bands are doing that. I mean, what band doesn't offer a meet and greet now, whether they want to do it or not? I mean, that's that's, these are the kind of things. You have more options, I guess. As a fan, it's better because people would want to, you know, get involved more or, or get something more intimate with the bands because certainly it's intimate. I mean, seeing Kiss in a 1250 uh, capacity theater playing songs they never play. I mean, what for, for somebody that's a fan of that, what's what's more cooler than that? And that's what you get when you go on these boats. So I, I highly recommend them, and I completely get behind them. As an artist, like whenever you've performed on them, do you uh, find it hard to, I don't, I don't know how to word this right, I guess Josta calls it on his podcast, Punishers, <laughs> the fans that are like, you know, always up in your face. Is, is it like hard to deal with or is it not that extreme as I might think there is some kind of code that goes on on these boats man I I guess when people are that extreme of fans they've probably had interactions with the bands already at some point you know before the boat 
and everybody seems to be super cool. Um, a lot of bands are also doing a meet and greet where Kiss was doing them for years and they quit doing them, where the entire boat comes and gets your picture taken with them, and they file you through when you have a time you're supposed to show up, and you're literally under seven seconds. Fist bump, photo with the band, you're out the door. We did that on the Motorhead Cruise, and that's how it was. They just lined up, and it's like, all right, they just saw Avery. Now they're coming through and doing suicidal tendencies, and they're going to get their picture with Texas. It was like trick-or-treating for kids almost, going from house to house. But, you know, it, it it worked out that way, and I don't know if that – you know, for the most part, I, I, and, and personally speaking, for me, I want to go talk to them. I'll go hang out. I'll go drink beer with the fans. I don't care. They're the ones that made my life so awesome. And without them, there is no music. That's why I never understood when people get crappy with the fans, you know what I mean? Or, or they're too big for the fans or they don't want to talk to the fans. And, you know, especially you hear stories about bands that are doing meet and greets and not even the whole band's there. It's like, you know, without the fans, there would be no band. You know, um, we wouldn't have this life that we have. We wouldn't be able to do the things we do. So I don't mind, personally speaking, but uh, I think for the most part, everybody's pretty cool and chill. Nobody gets crazy. On the KISS crews, people are crazy. KISS fans are nuts. You know, when they they get finished with their activities and stuff, people are waiting. Like, you'll see, like, 50 people huddled outside of, like, the elevator. And you're like, what the hell is going on out here? They're like, oh, you know, Eric Singer's coming through. He just did a meeting. He's like, wow, holy crap. And what are you guys going to do? Just scream in his face while he goes by? With like, <laughs> You know what I mean? So I just, I don't, you know, it, it It seems pretty chill for the most part, I guess. But, um, you know, we didn't, we would run into anything like that. And again, I don't mind talking to people. So especially when people want to, you know, they, a lot of people um, that are fans of bands, they, they uh they know what that individual is into and kind of work a couple angles and talk if you want to have a conversation i love that i love talking about you know uh with the fans about anything but you know if people want to talk about stuff outside of the band that they you know they know i'm into whether it's sports or or fishing or or anything of of that matter i always enjoy the conversation more because we're not stuck talking about the music industry you know well you know that reminds me uh, i think the last call we had with you, we we mentioned the meet and greet that we we met you at in Arkansas a few years back. But I totally forgot yeah. about this part. Was either before or after us in line, uh, there was a little Asian girl that was just going insane, and she was jumping all over Jamie and hugging him, and uh, I, and you know, you guys really uh, you guys soldiered through that one. I was really impressed about how you guys handled that one. Well, I think it's normal for people to be excited. I mean, this yeah. is something that when you go to when you go to a place like Arkansas, I guess, where we never play once in a blue moon, I would say once every seven or eight years, something like that. Um, you got to realize this is their big night. They've been waiting years to hang out and go see you play or and meet you or whatever it is. So I understand the excitement for sure. Um, you know, I, I think that people should be happy and they should be joyous. It, it, it's a, it's 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 all fun. It really is. You know, as long as people aren't doing the wrong thing or, you know, or harming other people or us, then there shouldn't be any issues. So, um, you know, it, and we will, we, we will react to those people accordingly. So, um, <laughs> you know, um, but I remember that show because we had, uh, there's a great fried chicken place next door called Gus's, which is all over the South. And um, I think we had to cook from the sh- kitchen bring us like 
two trays of this stuff. And up until that point, when we took the picture with the crowd after every show from the stage, after the show was over with the crowd in the background, I think that cook in that kitchen, his name was Smokey, I think. He was the only person up until that point that was in the picture besides the band um, going forward. So I remember that night pretty, pretty good. <laughs> considering I remember the event. I remember the venue. I remember Smokey. I remember Gus's next door. And I remember that the, probably the last time we played there was, some little place called Juan's Cantina or something like that, or Juanitas, I think. I don't know. The Me- Juanitas, yeah. yeah. It was like a Mexican place that did shows or something like that. So I don't remember if I was in Terror or Hatebreed at that point because it was so long ago. But it's great to go to places that we don't get to go all the time, and you know, it's nice to not have to overstay your welcome in other cities and go play one of these C and D markets. Little Rock being one of them. Changing the subject, but kind of on the subject of cruises, like you said, have you ever been on a Disney cruise? You know, it's funny. I'm a huge Disney fan. My wife and I got married at Disney World. I spend a lot of time over there. We're Disney Vacation Club members. I'm the captain of a drinking team over at Epcot. and um, We do all kinds of fun stuff over there. I've never been on a Disney cruise. Um, the reason why I haven't been on a Disney cruise is because they're very expensive, and I use that money to go on a kiss cruise every year but now that the kiss cruises are over with or i you know i I opted out this year um i think the wife and i will go on a disney cruise because it's hard for you know we live very close to cape canaveral where the cruise ship terminals are we have norwegian and royal caribbean carnival and disney they all go out of there like 10 minutes from the house but um for us to go to the bahamas for a weekend is like 200 dollars a person um, for three, three or four nights. And that includes your room and your food. So when Disney wants $1,500 to do that or whatever the hell it is, it's hard to cough up that kind of money. Now, I have friends who don't have kids who have done every damn cruise line, and they tell me that the best cruise they've ever done was Disney. And they're not Disney people, and they don't have kids. So there you go. And I know that on Disney, I, I know that on Disney cruises, there's parts of the boat that kids aren't allowed to go on. When they get to their private island, there's parts of the private island that the kids aren't allowed to go on. So this is something that we definitely want to do. I believe my wife was going on one, but she was so young, she hardly even remembers it. And I, I'm sure it was a lot different. That's that's on our list of things we want to do. We, we definitely want to go back to Hawaii. We love it there. And, you know, uh, I try to get away and, and travel and do fun stuff when I'm not on the road with the band just because, I don't know, why not? You know, I, I like to use my frequent flyer miles for something and, and we enjoy traveling. So I always go to places when we're on tour with the band and I think, Oh, my wife would like this and let's, let's go here the next time I'm home. So, uh, Disney cruise is definitely one of those things we want to do. What about you guys? Have you done cruises on Disney or? No, I mean, I've done like carnival, Norwegian princess, but never yeah. Disney. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually yeah. had, I have one scheduled in October my first one just on carnival, but now I don't know if that's going to yeah. happen, <laughs> man. I hope so. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot, a lot, it seems like it's a lot changed in the last few days since I spoke with you guys. I mean, they're open. Some of our beaches back up down here. And I see that Georgia and Tennessee are going to try to open some things up as well. Yeah. Not that that means that we're going to not that. Yeah. Not that it means that we're going to be going on cruises in two weeks, but it's something, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, uh, I, you know, who knows if it's the right thing to do, but on the other hand, it's like, we got to do something. So it's just, uh, 
it, it, it's definitely uncharted waters, that's for sure. No yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say what's right and what's wrong because I don't yeah. want to be at the backlash of, you know, the, the comment section or whatever, but I, I'm, I'm just, my, 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 um, you know, my thinking is because it's like Florida and Georgia and tennis or, um, and Tennessee or, or whatever it is, is it, do you think it's because it's, it's hotter weather down here and they're saying that, you know, the, the virus, it, it, uh, or, you know, the, the pandemic has, uh, you know, uh, less, uh, less chance of survival in the warmer weather. I don't know if that's true or not either. So I'm just wondering if, if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I hadn't really thought about that. Well, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it, it was summer in Australia and Tom Hanks was down there and got it. I mean, but see, I don't know. That doesn't, you know, it's all just talking points. I'm not really sure. So. Well, I think that, you know, when you're talking about our governor was, you know, hate him or love him. I know he's done some crazy stuff during this, but he was breaking down the numbers of the percentage of the people that have the cases or that were in the ICU compared to our population down here versus the numbers in like Washington State or California or, or New York. And ours were like drastically lower as where they were expecting our numbers to be like a New York or something like that. So uh, I'm guessing that has some kind of influence on um, their decisions on to open things up over here or not. We'll see. I mean, letting, you know, I know people aren't allowed to sit and hang out at the beach. I think it's just, it's, you know, you're allowed to go walk and fish or swim or exercise and that's it. So, but the, but you know, but the parking lots are still closed. You got to figure out how to find your way over there if you did want to go anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned, uh, the Walt Disney World drinking team, like how did that whole thing come about? Well, for those of you who've been at Epcot, you'll know in the back of the park, it's essentially really two parks. You have the rides and all the attractions kind of in the front, which is Future World, and the back, which is the World Showcase, which is 11 countries, if you will, that go around the giant lake. And I think it's like, you know, they have Morocco and Norway and Japan and all these, and, and, and it's dining and there's little attractions and shopping and, and obviously restaurants. And what we do is we drink in each country. You know, you just have to get a drink from every country, whether you're, whether you're in the tequila cave in Mexico or you're in the pub in the UK or you're in the sake bar in Japan. You drink in every country, and and we have the T-shirts where you check off each country in the back. So we've been doing this for over a decade, and we do it about five or six times a year. You know, my drummer Matt flies down, and we've had people come all over from all over the country. Uh, Joel from Talk to the Holocaust has came down and done it. And, and, uh, and, and Tony from Municipal Waste has just moved down to Florida and he's going to come over and do it with us. It's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we get pretty tore up over there. It's, it's 11 <laughs> countries, but, you know, once you're mixing up the booze and some people double up in some countries and we always finish in the pub in the UK and that's usually more than one drink. So we've been doing it for a long time over there and haven't been thrown out of there. Um, I'm guessing the amount of money that we spend over there doing it probably has something to do with that, but um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and for anybody that's going down to Disney or it's been there before, you know, it's something you should do, whether you're with a bunch of people or your wife or whoever, it's a lot of fun to just, um, going and drinking around the world down there and, and kind of taking in all the scenery. It's very authentic. All those, all those, all those countries were built by people 
from those countries that had traveled in architecture and the landscaping, all the plants, the flowers, everything, all the people that work in those countries are from those countries. You see it on their name tag. So it's super authentic like that, which is cool. So it's kind of a rotating cast of people in your group or is it, is there a core group of you that's always doing it? Well, it's funny, you know, I look back in our photo albums and there's not a lot of people around from when we started doing it 10 years ago, but we, you know, we're about 30, 40 people on the team, but it's, it's, it's whoever can make it each time, you know, okay. you know, we always do it. I mean, we, we always do it on a Saturday just because people work, but um, you know, we, we, sometimes there's seven, eight of us on a small group. Sometimes there's 25 or 30 of us doing it. Tough keeping the, I'm the captain, so I have to kind of stay sober and, and, and make sure nobody gets into too much trouble. But I tell you what, it's hard keeping the group together, <laughs> especially after people start putting a little buzz on. But I'm telling you, so it's, you can't imagine how fun this is. So look into it. I'm sure there's videos online or pictures. And we're not the only ones to do this. We weren't the first ones to do this. We see, see people going and doing this. They make their own shirts and do it. But I think we're the only ones that have been doing it for so long and multiple times a year. I, I think people just go for like bachelor parties or bachelorette parties or they just get a group of kids together and they make shirts for the day and yeah. drinking around the world and all that. So, but it's a lot of fun, especially during the Food and Wine Festival, which goes on for a couple months in the fall because aside from 11 countries, you've got, I think, 13 extra countries. So you've got 24 options out there of countries to drink and eat in. Well, you mentioned Matt coming down. Does is there anybody else in the band like share your love of Disney, or is that kind of like your own thing? Well, you know, not as much as me, not as hardcore. But I, I did get married down there, and I kind of we kind of made it like a an optional one to three day thing for everybody that came down for the wedding, and, and the band was all there. So they all stayed on property. They, you know, the wedding pavilion that we got married at is at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort. So, you know, we just kind of wanted to let everybody see what, you know, get a taste of what we do over there and, and try to turn it into a fun little weekend for everybody, which we did. Because I, I tell you what, I mean, I think a lot of people, especially people that haven't gone or people from out of the country, I think they, when they think of Disney World, I think they think of the castle and that's it really. And it's Disney World is exactly that. It's a world. I try to explain to people, you know, we're. We go over there and charter fish and we're at Cirque du Soleil or whatever the hell it is, or we're at a show at House of Blues or we're drinking around the world with the drinking team or we're, we're camping at the campground at 750 acres. You know, this is all within Disney World the whole time. So it's not just um, a couple theme parks and that's it. You know, there's, there's a lot to do over there. So um, I try to get everybody down here and, and, um, and, and, and let them experience it and, Maybe they can take their families and do it too. So I don't know. So it is, it is pricey though, for sure. I mean, sometimes I see some of these families down here on vacation and bring their kids down here for a week and they're at Disney for a week. And I'm like, my God, it's like, how much money did that cost? You know, between flights and hotels and park tickets and eating and all that crap. I mean, really you could take that money and probably, you know, half that amount of money and go anywhere and take a, a normal vacation. So it's definitely expensive, pricey, but, uh, you know, we get a lot of perks being Florida residents and my son's a cast member over there, house of blues too, uh, part time. So we try to use those benefits as best as we can. Earlier on in this interview, you mentioned Netflix. Did you get Disney plus and binge on that? Or did you already own pretty much everything? Well, that's funny you say that because I'm not much of a Netflix or, or, or TV type of person. I watch the sports on TV all the time. 
Um, but now there's no sports, of course. So um, my wife and I finished Ozark and we're on to Narcos now. Um, but um, yeah, the Disney thing, it's funny. I, I, Verizon, uh, um, who I have, they are offering it free for a year. So I just signed up to do it for that. And I, the only thing I've watched, and, and I, I probably had Disney Plus since it came out, is one episode of Mandalorian, that's it. Because <laughs> I have all those, you know, my Disney DVD collection is more than what they've got on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got hundreds and hundreds of Disney DVDs, old live action movies you've never even heard of before, crazy, crazy obscure stuff. Um, so I try to watch those because I paid them with good money for them back when people did buy DVDs. Whoa. What is that? Um, I paid a lot of money for, sorry about the noise in the background. Yeah, we paid a lot of money for the uh, DVDs back when people did buy those. So I try to not get rid of those and, and, and watch those. But um, I don't know. I, I don't, we like Mandalorian, but we just never went back to it. And everybody rants and raves about it. Have you guys watched that or? Yeah, I, wa- I watched it all. I thought it was great. Okay. Okay. So we should probably continue on that then. Yeah, definitely. If you're if you're a Star Wars fan, I mean it. I think it's the best thing since the the original th- the original trilogy. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's heavy. A, that's a, I mean, that could be overblown. That <laughs> that's heavy. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, we're gonna go check it out again because Narcos is almost over, so we, there's no reason we shouldn't go back. We, it, it's been so long since we watched that first episode. I think we're gonna have to revisit it. So. <laughs> um, we just, uh, I'm, and I like Star Wars. I'm not the hugest Star Wars nerd in the world, but um, I do like it. I've seen all the movies. Yeah, when I got Disney Plus, love- the first thing I watched was Steamboat Willie and then the first few episodes of DuckTales. Yeah, Steamboat Willie. And, and, and um, yeah, that was one of the first things that he did. Um, yeah, I think it was the first ever, right? First ever. There's a couple. Of, there was a couple. Uh, Plane Crazy, I think, was one of the first things that Mickey showed up in, oh, okay. which was a short cartoon, I think, before Steamboat Willie, believe it or not. But um, yeah, um, there's no reason why we shouldn't check that out. I mean, it's free, so I should. I, but I, I saw. I noticed there's a lot of cool other things on there because we did go through the menu the other day, and I noticed there was a bunch of documentaries on, you know. Disney and the parks and the artwork and all that stuff. And then what is it? It's also like National Geographic or something too, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole National Geographic section. And see, that stuff's fascinating to me too. I enjoy watching that, you know. Well, kind of uh, on another subject, we talked about football earlier, but you're a big Broncos fan, so am I. What are your thoughts on Drew Locke? Do you think he's going to be the – you think he's going to be the guy? You know, it's it's with with Broncos quarterbacks. Aside from Elway and Manning, it's easy to get the fever, but it's hard to be a believer. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because how many times have we we drank the Kool Aid before? You know what I mean? We've had guys that, are, you know, just because the guys got some good games. I mean, in hindsight, yeah, he won some games, but we got murdered by Kansas City up there in the snow. Yeah. Um, and it's like who you know? You look at these quarterbacks we've had throughout the years. Um. We've had Brian Greasy and Jay Plummer and just Trevor Simeon. It's like, uh, you know, I think that the, to, for me, because the Broncos have had so much success, 
you know, the measuring stick's always going to be the Super Bowl for me. I, I don't want to go to the playoffs and have my heart broken, you know. Um, so are we good enough to win a damn Super Bowl? Probably not, you know. We'll see. Is there going to be a football season this year? We don't know about that either. So, right. Um, but I just – and then sometimes, I don't know if you agree or not, it's like what the hell is Elway doing, you know? Yeah. Because he's taking it's, – it's been so bad um, that he's taken a lot of heat, I know. I don't know, you know. Uh, I enjoyed watching this kid come and, and put some pep in our step, though, that's for sure because it's been – really downhill since we won Super Bowl 50 with Manning. So right. what do you, what's your thoughts on him? Do you think he'll start or? Yeah, I think he'll start. I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic about him being great. I mean, I think, I don't know. It's weird. Like you said about Oway, I think he's made tons of great decisions on every position except the quarterback. <laughs> so we'll have to see. Yeah. You'd think he would, you think he would have aced that department. <laughs> right. I thought, I thought like, Brock it, Osweiler was going to be the real deal. What a boss that was, huh? Yeah. Because <laughs> he was lights out for Houston, and then we paid him tons of money, and then it's like, oh, man. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been we've watched them, and I'm like, just have Elway play. I, it doesn't matter that he's 55 <laughs> or 60 or whatever. Just have him play because it's going to be better than what's going on right now. So, <laughs> right. I, you know, it's the, the thing about sports is, and people that are sports fanatics and everybody will agree, it's if you wrap so many emotions up to this into this stuff, and then um, you know it comes crashing down at some point, unless your team sucks all the time, which you know I've, I've certainly had teams that I, I got behind that have had terrible streaks for a decade or whatever, and it sucked. But you know, it's it's if you're if you're a diehard fanatic about um, sports, you kind of you, you kind of you know, this stuff is, is, it's heartache sometimes, or it's, it's, it makes your blood pressure go up and stuff. <laughs> um, I guess that's part of the thrill, right? Right. Yeah. I yeah. used to get so, so, so sick and pissed off whenever the Broncos or OU would like, you know, the end of the season would come and whether it was in the playoffs or national championship, or whatever. But finally over the last few years, I've got to the point to where I'm like, okay, just let it go. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So, you're you're a better man than I am. I just, <laughs> I just can't find myself to do that. I've been a Mets Something fan my whole life, quick. so I kind of got accustomed to uh, at least okay. learning how to deal with losing. <laughs> yeah, they're they, every time they see they're on, seem like they're on the up and up. They're not the Mets, right? Yeah, pretty much. You know, my buddy uh, Eric Eric Bloom that sings for Blue Oyster called. Uh, He's a huge Mets guy, and uh, he lives um, half the year a little bit south of me, and uh, he always invites me to come down and go to Mets spring training with him. I haven't taken him up on it yet. I probably should, though. Eric's a great guy. Blue Oyster Cold's probably my favorite band in the whole world. I love that guy. They they perform a lot. If you follow them, they're on tour on the weekends all the time. Matter of fact, the last couple times they were down this way, they had me get up on stage and jam with them, which was awesome. So I was totally dream come true, bucket list stuff, bucket list stuff for me. But uh, yeah, Eric is a huge Mets fan. Actually, I had to design some guitar picks for him with the, with the Mets guy on them and uh, surprised him with those. He was super excited. Oh, that's cool. I, I, yeah, a lot, I guess, I guess there's a lot of guys, people in music that are Mets fan. I know that what Piazza was, or, or not Piazza, but uh, well, Piazza was a Slayer fan, right? And yeah, Anthrax is his favorite band, I think, right? 
Okay, yep. Yeah, yeah I know there's, there's, there's uh, my buddy Brian, who used to be in Madball, and, and Scarhead, he's a huge uh, Mets. He's a, he's a huge Mets guy. Eddie Trunk's a big Mets guy. Big, oh, yeah. I guess if you're in New York and you're not a Yankees guy, you're a Mets guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's Mets. What is it? What is it? It's... it's um. It's it's uh, Giants and 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 Yankees or or Mets and Jets, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. <laughs> well, well, my guy, my guy, my guys in my band are are um, they're Yankees and Giants. Okay. A lot of people, a lot of people think Cape Reed, Connecticut, New England, Patriots. Thank God that's not the case. Um, <laughs> they're uh, they, they they grew up closer to that New York part of Connecticut, so they're so they're. Um, you know they're Yankees. They're huge Yankees and Giants. So yeah, um, they were just they kind of you know the the um, matter of fact. I, I had some raging Super Bowl parties when I lived in Cleveland. Jamie had came back in his heyday when he was drinking, and Randy from Lamb of God flew in, and and Chris and Wayne from my band came down, and uh, they those were those Super Bowls where um, the Giants beat the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Those were those guys. Those guys were they got a pass to. I don't know why they were breaking stuff. You'd think the Giants would have lost, but they definitely were breaking things in my house. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think Randy lit my carpet on fire, and yeah, those were crazy. We had we had like we had air raid sirens and gongs and pinatas. It was out of control. <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, Blue Oyster Cult. How, how did you get to be uh, close with Eric Bloom? Because I was such a super fan of them, and I would stalk them literally and follow them wherever. Living in Cleveland, you're close to, you know, Pittsburgh and Erie and Buffalo and Cincinnati and Toledo and all these places that bands play. You're within three hours, you can be in any of these places, Detroit. So, and they play these weird cities and these rib cookoffs and state fairs and. I saw that we've seen them at like a haunted house and like a asparagus festival, like the weirdest stuff. Um, so when you're there and these bands don't draw what they did in the seventies per se, and you're the only assholes in the front that are making a scene because you know, every song and like, you kind of get to the, the band kind of figures out who you are. They're like, all right, these guys are at every show. They're not as old as everybody that's here. <laughs> They're definitely, you know, you, 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 the fan base is way older than me. And so um, I just made it a point. And then it, J- Jamie actually ran into Eric in the airport because Eric, hey, Peter, we fly with Delta all the time. And I know that Eric and BOC does too. So I think that they, Jamie had ran into Eric Bloom in the Delta Lounge and um and, and jfk uh i think airport and was like oh are you air force clan jamie from April. oh my son well eric's eric's son um is a drummer and he's a great kid his name's ben he lives in denver and i forget what bands he plays with but um you know eric was so excited that he met jamie he called his son i'm still here with jamie from april and all this and and then Jamie was like, well, you know, my guitar player, you probably will recognize him. We've seen him. He's like, you're his favorite band. He's at all your shows. <laughs> so that was my, that was my end with them. And so I got to be friends with Eric and Buck and, um, um, Jules and everybody. As a matter of fact, the first time that, they, that I got on stage and got to jam with them in Tampa, Rudy Sarzo was playing bass for them, believe it or not. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
What, what so, songs yeah, did you get to play with him? Um, I got up and did this Ain't the Summer of Love, which is on um, Agents of Fortune. Uh, the first time I played with him, and the second time, a couple years later, I think uh, this guy Kasim was playing bass for them, who is from Utopia with Todd Rundgren, I think, and I forget what band he's playing with now. Um, and um, that I played uh, ME262, and that's off Secret Treaties, and that that was the second time I played with them. It's funny because uh, we were drinking around the world. The last time we went drinking around the world mm-hmm. um, was two days before they closed Disney World. And Epcot always has bands playing there. It's part of their thing they do in the in the summers, or I'm sorry, in the spring for um, the Flower and Garden Festival, and in the fall for the Food and Wine Festival. So it's nothing to see Survivor, Night Ranger, the OJs, um, Nelson, or <laughs> any of these bands. Like you can't imagine the bands to play. Like um, craziest stuff. I can't think. Lori Estefan and like. Just the craziest stuff, like Taylor Dane. So the last time we drank around the world was two days before Disney closed. So I'm guessing like a little over a month ago or whatever. And the Guess Who was playing. And I'm like, oh, it's free. It's in, it's included with the mission. So I was like, let's go watch a couple songs of Guess Who. You know, I, I'm not, I think it's just one original member at this point. But, and I love, I love BTO and the Guess Who. And, and I, and I certainly know the hits. So we went over and watched it. Because what they do is they, they played three half hour sets. They play like a half hour set. They they go away for an hour. They play another half hour set. They go away for another hour. They, they play another half hour set. And most bands usually switch it up, play different songs. But when the band came out on stage, it was Rudy Sarzo playing bass. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I didn't know he was playing with them right now. So uh, you never know who these old classic rock guys that bounce from band to band are going to be with. But um, he was playing for them, so that was kind of interesting. I wanted to go say what's up, but I didn't want to, you know, make a scene with Disney security and all that, especially with all the coronavirus stuff going on. That was all starting fresh, and uh, so uh, that was cool to see him up there playing because I know he's been around. What White Snake, Ozzy, Quiet Riot, Blue Oyster Cult, the guess who? Now he's got quite a resume. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely a half base will travel kind of guy. For sure, and he's a, obviously a hell of a player. And yeah, he's a, he's a li- living living legend. That guy. Well, it, it's funny. Before we get off that subject, I, I remember thinking when I was on stage with BOC, which are two of the to- the two times I played with them on stage, are two of the most terrifying slash awesome moments of my life. But <laughs> most nerve wracking for sure, because um, there's no rehearsal. You know, there's no rehearsal, nothing, and you're going on stage with these rock legends. But um, I, 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 I'm like, I was explaining it to my mother. I was like, you know, I was more terrified playing the 500 people in front with Woods or Cold than I was 100,000 people at um, Castle Donington Download Festival. <laughs> but, um, I, I, you know, Rudy Sarzo's on stage, um, you know, and, and we're playing, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, your career, you went from going, you went from playing on stage with Randy Rhodes to, to playing on stage with me. I felt <laughs> bad for the guy for a minute, so, but I, we had a good, had a good laugh about that, but, um, yeah, that was great. It's, uh, that's the kind of stuff that I always say if the band ended tomorrow, I could at least, you know, these are things that I, we were direct support for Kiss um, at, at Grass Pop Festival, and I get to play on stage with BOC and travel the world. So I'm very grateful and I don't take any of it for granted. Absolutely. Just a few days ago, a friend of ours, Luke Nagel posted on Facebook that he thought 
the lead guitar work in Perfect Water was BOC's greatest guitar work ever. What are your thoughts on that? I love Club Ninja, and it's funny because I, I, I'm so tight with these guys, and I try not to super fan. It's hard, you know. We're all fans of music, and that's something I try to explain to our fans. You know, when they geek out, I'm like, look, I do the same stuff you guys do with other bands. This is what this is about for people. We love our music, and we're completely into it. And and you know, digging deep and 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 finding out stuff is cool. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, their least favorite record that they ever put out was Club Ninja. Um, and, and that, I think it's a great record. I, Blister Cult's one of those bands where I think that every one of their records is awesome. I think they're all awesome. They're, I, I love all the songs on them. And there's, you know, there's, they just don't have bad stuff as far as I'm concerned. Club Ninja being one of those. So I think that they had a lot of outside writers on that record and they didn't have much say, um, from the record label compared to what they normally have. They almost had a resurgence there with that video for Dancing in the Ruins. And they had some of the pro skaters. If you remember that video when it came out in it, um, it was probably early, early 80s, um, 83 or something like that. I like the record. I think it's great. And um, Perfect Water is an awesome song. It's a, it's a great song. If you don't know Blister Cult, other than the hits, check out their catalog. It's really good stuff. Buck Dharma is probably... For me, top three underrated guitar players of all time um, in rock music, uh, and and he's right. I mean, the, the the guitar work is is I don't know about the greatest in their career, but it's worth checking out. And that's super cool. So I'm gonna have to go. I'm just I'm just intrigued that somebody out there knows that song and and that. So now I'm gonna have to you're gonna you have to put me in contact with this guy so we can uh, talk to you now. All right, we'll do that. <laughs> Yeah, he could definitely talk it a lot deeper than either of us could. So yeah, right on. Last time we talked, you said you were going to listen to Revenge again to see if you had any different thoughts. Did you do that? I'm not going to lie; I haven't put on Revenge. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's because I've been so much. I've been. It's not that I won't. You know, I've been busy doing a lot of projects now. It's like every day, what projects are we going to get into? Just to to stay productive while I'm home and not lose my mind. Plus that feeling of accomplishment, there's nothing better. And, yeah. you know, you kind of, when the house looks better and you've done something awesome to it, it's kind of a good feeling. So um, I'll check it out. I, it's not that I don't hate the record. Um, I used to like it, but I used to not like Crazy Nights and, and, and Hot in the Shade. It's all changed, you know? If you ask me who my favorite member in Kiss is today, you're going to get a different answer in a week from now. That's just how it goes with Kiss fans. Yeah. Um, I, I credit... I cry. Look, Bruce, I love Bruce. He's a sweetheart every time I meet him. He's a super good guy. We always have a good chat. His favorite guitar work on anything he's done in his career with Kiss is Revenge, without a doubt. And I'm so glad he says that instead of Carnival of Souls. <laughs> Carnival of Souls was their attempt at being grunge, let's face it. Um, yeah. But, you know, Revenge, a lot, I know a lot of people that like Revenge. And one thing I think is cool that you guys like Revenge is, at least you know something that late in their career and you, and you listen to that record. I mean, most people that know Kiss or dismiss Kiss, they don't know Revenge, you know? And I have a lot of people that are really into more extreme music um, and, and, and people I've talked to over the years that love that record because it's definitely a heavy record for Kiss. And and they even they even look like bikers on it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything out so far this year that you have been listening to that you're digging on? 
No, I don't listen to new music. I really don't. I'm not ashamed to say it. Whenever I want to hear new music, we made a new Hapery record, fortunately. Um, I don't know. I, I listen to some, you know, some stuff. I, when I go tailgating, I listen to Kenny Chesney and Jason Aldean. So that's what we do down here in Florida. You know what I mean? I'm sure you guys get it. And, and I'm sure you have that same kind of, I'm not that you guys do it personally, but I'm sure that that, you know, country music um, rules. It's just, it's, it just depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Yeah. I was listening to John Lee, Hook, John Lee Hooker and Buddy Guy earlier. Um, yeah. It depends on what I, what I want to hear, you know. Um, I say newer bands, but these bands have been around forever, but that they're making the music I loved. Uncle Ass and the Deadbeats, I love a lot. Yeah. Um, if you guys are familiar with that band. Yes. They're, they're from England, and, and they opened for Sabbath, and they're very... I hate to use the word stoner rock, but they're stoner rock. Check that band out if, you, if nobody's heard them yet. They're really cool. Um, I'm a huge Turbo Negro fan, even with the, with the second singer, Tony. I, I love that. I, I like rock music. Um, I don't know. The problem is everything's been done, you know? Um, so something's got to really stick out to me and be different. I, I enjoy High on Fire. I think they're a great band. Um, we enjoyed their record, their last record that when it came out. And, um, I just, I don't know my friends bands when they put out new records, I, I enjoy municipal waste. I think are awesome. Um, that's really about it. What about you guys? What are you digging on? That's new. There's something that I, is there something that I need to check out that you guys are thinking that I would dig on? Cause I will, I'll definitely check it out. Well, I mean, you know, for me, so far this year, the, the records that have come out that I really dig is the new Testament. Uh, okay. That's that's a that's a, a barn burner just through and through. A new body count is really? great. By the new body count, and then a band called Haunt. Uh, really love their new record. That's for me. That's that's got it so far for me this year. Okay. Yeah, and I no, would I say a lot of great. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say if you want something that's a little different. Uh, last year or the year before, this band called Zill and Arter came out. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. The idea is they mix black metal with old Negro spirituals, which sounds completely insane, okay. but it's extremely good. <laughs> that, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah it, it works in some weird way. You should check them out. <laughs> I will, for sure. You know, I've heard a lot of good things about that new body count record as well. Yes. Yeah, it's it's great. I really dig it. It, it gets me going. <laughs> good. Yeah, he's great, huh? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's just everything that guy does, it seems like. You know, when I was a young kid, I was really into breakdancing and hip-hop when it first started, before hip-hop was popular. And there were things like Ice-T and, and Run DMC. And, and Run DMC had, I mean, if, if anybody remembers, they had heavy-ass riffs. Their, their songs were yeah. rock songs. They had heavy-ass riffs in their songs. And that one thing I always remembered, and when I finally got to meet Ice-T, and obviously him and Jamie have a history now, but, you know... I, when, we, when we got to playing with them and I got to have a conversation with them, I was like, just so you know, man, like when I saw you in that breakdancing movie in the 80s and you had all leather and studs on and you were smashing vinyl records into pieces over a <laughs> microphone, that had, that had a huge, as for somebody that was into heavy metal and rap as it was evolving back then, that had a huge impact on me, you know, and he was super psyched to hear that. Yeah. So it was awesome to be able to tell him that because I'll always have that image in my head which now is 35 years ago, I guess, or something like that. So, yeah. you know, 
those worlds definitely combined at some point, you know, because um, I try to explain to people, I'm like, look, Run DMC had riffs. King of Rock and Rockbox, I mean, yeah. Ludacris covered their stuff. It's like, so it's like, you know, that bands cover those, those songs and, and I loved all that early stuff, Beastie Boys, and even into the 90s, I listened to a lot of West Coast hip hop and stuff like that. It's just, nowadays, I'm like, I hear rappers and I'm like, man, I could, I could make up something better than that in five minutes. <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened to hip hop and I'm sure there's still some awesome rappers out there and there's still great stuff, but the stuff that, that, that I see and, and that kids are into and that the stuff that they dismissed, the classic bands that had talent and stuff. And I, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm out of touch. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. But when, when you listen to music nowadays, do you still listen to everything that you always have? Like all the metal and hardcore and classic rock, or do you kind of go yeah, in phases? I do. I, do. I, I mean, I, I to, to me, I'm an old music person. I just, there's, there's enough music that is, pre-1986 to me to listen to for the rest of my life yeah. and records that I haven't even heard yet still. So, yeah. you know, and I listen to a lot of different stuff. You know, I like the thrash and punk stuff, but I like country music. I like old country. There's a couple new artists I like, but for the most part, 90, 90% of that stuff doesn't appeal to me, modern country, but I still like a couple artists, and um, but I definitely like old stuff like Ray Price and Waylon Jennings and stuff like that. I definitely listen to old school hip-hop and um, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff, classic rock. I'm, I'm kind of a encyclopedia on that stuff. That's stuff I grew up on. And those are mostly my favorite bands, but, um, I don't know when, when, it, uh, when it comes to new music, I like when Avery makes a new record. <laughs> well, who are the, the new country artists that you do listen to out of curiosity? Uh, oh, man, I'm really going to take a lot of heat from some of our fans here, but I really like Kenny Chesney. Uh, I think he's got a great voice and I haven't heard too many songs of his I don't like and um, I like Jason Aldean a lot. I think he's got a lot of heart. I think a lot of his songs are very hard rocking and almost some of the riffs remind me of like ACDC. It's so simple, but um, you know, um, beyond that, I don't discriminate against a genre, you know what I mean? There might be some song, that band called that band Foster the People I like um, and they're like an indie rock band, so mm -hmm. If I hear a song and I like it and it's catchy and, you know, I don't care who's made it or what kind of genre of music it is. It's just, it's something I'm into. So, and that's, and that's how it should be. You know, you should, I don't believe in guilty pleasures and I don't believe in, uh, I believe music, all music's for everybody. You know, you, you like what you like. It's about a feeling and that's really it. Yeah, I agree. I've always said that when someone asks what guilty pleasures, I'm like, no, I don't care who knows what I listen to, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's a great way to be. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time with us today. Well, I wish we had more to talk about in Hatebreed World, but unfortunately, you know, we're we're uh, on hold like everything else. And one thing that's cool is you could sit down and talk about other things like we did today and yeah. kind of help make it through the make it through this uh, quarantine. So I appreciate you guys reaching out, and we're looking forward to getting back to Oklahoma. And also, I'm going to take you guys over to see Danny in the, in the museum. So we'll get the grand tour of that place because I've known him for a long time. And awesome, man. Great. Yeah, thank you. That'd be great, yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for calling again. And uh, hope to get back to Oklahoma soon. I know that there's a lot of bad stuff going on with touring and, and all that. But I, we obviously have plans to drop this record and tour all over the world. 
and uh, hopefully we get our sports cranked up here again soon too, so we can see what's going on with the college football and baseball, and 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 I'm, I don't even know is there going to be a baseball season this year or not. So yeah. we don't even know if there'll be football. So yeah, yeah, it seems like there's a new story every day about baseball, whether or not how they're going to do it, and Arizona, Florida, all that stuff. So. Well, I tell you what, I don't mind watching the games on TV, even if there's nobody in the stands, and I can't go to the games because that's better than watching reruns. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there you go, Florida Frank Novanek, guitarist for Hate Breed. A huge thank you to him for taking some time out. We got we got all we got the inside track on what's going with Hate Breed. We we got a story about the OU game. Yeah, we got Kiss stories, and Frank likes Kenny Chesney. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Revelation. Jason, Jason Aldean. A revelation. Maybe uh, Frank will end up on Blabbermouth, and all those Haybrood fans will find out. Like he, like he mentioned, he might get some crap for that. Well, they can just <laughs> live with it. Well, yeah, like he said, you know, it's like I like. I've mentioned many times on here, and you've known throughout my life. Like I fucking love Roxette. Yeah. You know? Yep. I love yeah. Shania. Fuck, I love Shania Twain. That's a pop you love country. The fucking Spice Girls. That's yeah. the one I still don't understand. Hey, that's you the got one. A problem with it? That's the one that no, I don't have a problem. <laughs> do your thing, dude. Do your fucking thing. <laughs> but it just it puzzles me more than the rest of them. But hey, whatever. One day, I mean, I, mean, I, I like weird shit too, so it's all good. One day, Mike Thrash and I'll do an episode just on the Spice Girls. You need to, you need to, <laughs> kind of like the Vanilla Ice thing. Right? I love you, but um, y'all Ste- go, yeah. y'all go. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to say, Frank? Once again, thank you for that. If you're not familiar with Hatebreed, which I don't know why you are not, if you're listening to this, but exactly. Check out all their stuff. They've got 25 years worth of music that kicks fucking ass. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if this is your first time listening, well, before I get into that, the last three Thursdays, we've done a Facebook live stream, and we'll be doing another one this Thursday night. Yep. So tune in. It's at 7 p.m. Central. Every Thursday night on our Facebook, we sit there for... I don't know. You know, there's no set time, but at both of them, the previous ones have been roughly an hour. And we just talk about these interviews that we've done. And then, of course, new music that's come out and just random stuff and interact with people asking questions. Like, you know how Facebook Live works. I didn't explain that. That's just it's just us talking. It's not anything fancy. We're not playing acoustic guitars like Jason should be. But, you know, hey, Jesus Christ. No, I should not be. All right. (laughs) So anyway, get on our Facebook and follow us there and tune in for that. If you haven't, for the previous ones, you can also follow us on all the socials, Instagram and Twitter. YouTube is at The Thunder Underground. Subscribe there. We've got a lot of stuff, content on YouTube that is separate from the podcast, reviews and all that kind of great stuff. And yeah, like I said, if this is your first time listening, we mentioned we had Matt Byrne on from Hatebreed. Back in late 2018, that was a good one. We talked about everything from... Very cool. You know, of course, hate breed to cars and all kinds of great stuff. So, and then speaking of, you know, that tour where they're opening for Gore, we've had a member of Gore on. Yes, we have. Brent Perguson on, who we've also had on. Hey, Frank just talked a lot about Kiss, right? He talked about Gene Simmons. We've had Gene Simmons on this podcast. We've had Bruce Kulik on this podcast. And... Hopefully by this point, Frank has listened to Revenge again and realized that it's better than he remembered. Exactly. <laughs> and then we've also had on we guys... We should go listen to Revenge when this is done. Let's do it. All right, I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. Then we've got... Had on guys from Seven Dust, Clutch, Prong, Battlecross, 
type of negative, Life of Agony Crowbar. We just had on John Oliveris from Sons of Texas. Yeah, for the third, third time. time. We had on... Driver, we've had them on. We've had a ton of Tulsa acts on. Severmind, Down for Five, Chad Malone from The Shame, uh, Roger Sego from We Are Tulsa Music Awards. We talked about Doug Burgess a little bit ago. We've had him on. A couple I mean, times. Yeah, we... we, we we really tried to cover the cover the gamut there. Yeah. Shooter Jennings and Vanilla Ice. Right? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> fuck. Hell yeah. But yeah, so just dig back through there. It's at soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground. You can also listen Google Music, Apple Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Mixcloud. Most places you can listen to podcasts, you can hear us. So just get on there and wherever you're at, subscribe to it. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like, share it, whatever you do, it helps out. Spread the word and get this stuff spread around so other people see it. That's the big thing. Sometimes it's hard getting the, the word out. So anything you can do can help. And then thethunderunderground.com is where everything's at. You can listen to podcasts there as well. Read reviews that Jason has written. Read uh, or just find out what our socials are. All that great stuff. Buy merch. Send us an email at thethunderunderground at gmail.com. Tell us what you thought of this or comment on the Facebook post, whatever. You know, all that great shit. Yeah, all proceeds go to Trent's sex change operation. That's right. It's coming by the end of 2020. Right. <laughs> You're already in the hormones now, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, well, another episode in the can. A huge thank you once again to Florida Frank, Med Farm, and DEB Concerts. And until next time. I'm going to put on revenge gun just for you guys, all right? (laughs) Yeah, let me know what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy. Thunder Underground, y'all.